Hello, welcome to another episode of Final Resting Place with me, Dapo. And me, Barney. Today, I am very happy to introduce our new guest, uh, Rob Williams. Uh, it sounds better when you say Rob Williams, <laughs> uh, but we'll get the Rob. Um, I didn't know what to go for because you've been, um, I've known you as Rob and Robbie at different times uh, throughout our lovely friendship together. It's, it's been lovely, but I, I must say I, I always go for the Rob just at the start, just to avoid yeah. the Angels <laughs> jokes. Uh, it's taken everything in my power not to make that joke right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you cannot tell me what I have not heard before. I guarantee it. I will pay. I will pay you. Pro- I promise you money yeah, if you can I, do I it. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's been with you all your life. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had it bad with the Barney the dinosaur stuff, but you've got a whole a whole other level of bullying available to you. Oh, it's it's fantastic. As soon as any drunk individual in a nightclub finds out my name, they get so excited. It's beautiful. <laughs> We've got, uh, I reckon, all three of us have a, a, like, a namesake. I've got Dappy, you've got Robbie Williams, Barney, Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> there's, an odd, there's an odd one I out there. I feel like musically, <laughs> Barney the Dinosaur is lacking compared I don't know. to Dappy <laughs> and Robbie Williams. I was about to say, there seemed to be a, a little bit of a theme going there, and then just out of nowhere, Barney the Dinosaur and left field. But I appreciate the uh, the inclusion. I've also got Barnaby Bear, but I don't think he dropped any tracks yeah, either. No. So <laughs> I'm going to have to sit this one out. <laughs> Um, Robbie, or, well, should we call you Robbie or Rob? Which one do you want to go for? Barney, you've known me long enough. You can choose what you like, my friend. We're going to go Robbie. That's our <laughs> it, first It sounds meeting. cuter, doesn't it? It sounds cuter. <laughs> you're Robbie in my heart. Um, Robbie, would you care to tell us a little bit about yourself? What you're up to? Any interest you've got? Um, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go with, I think I'll leave with the generic small talk, which is that I'm a, I'm a postgraduate. I study at University of Leeds. Uh, I study post-colonial literature and cultural studies. And I specialise in Caribbean literature and psychoanalysis. I play a bit of music, not very well, but I do try. I like to chill, I like to play football, and I've got really bad hair. I'm enjoying your hair at the moment. I've, um, I'm a big fan of the bleached look. It, I was going through old photos of uni recently because I was being nostalgic, and um, it looks rogue to see you with your old, like, you know, actual brown hair at this point. Yeah, I like to think I was more mature back then, but now I'm a, I've released my child at heart. <laughs> I think you're going through a bad boy phase. <laughs> Keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're literally the first individual to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of us getting to know you a little bit better, okay. uh, Dapo has an interesting theory that the true way to see the contents of any man or woman's soul is to know their favourite packet of crisps. Like. Oh, of course, of course, and I agree completely. Let me just clarify, we don't want the flavour as well. We need to know what brand you're saying, because the brand's all very important. Of course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, right, I think there's a few ringers. I'm, I'm just going to throw some 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 out there and just see, gauge some reaction. <laughs> I'd like to think it all depends on context, fellas. It all depends on context. Oh, a very interesting variable. I'm prepared yeah. for bad answers. Um, if I'm going for general... Okay, I need to have a pleasant time, a nice 7 out of 10 experience. It's the Doritos Chili Heat Wave. It's always a solid, solid crisp. But when I'm looking for something that has that, just that refinery, the landed gentry of crisps, the Worcester Sauce Walkers. Oh my God. The Worcester Sauce Walkers. And I get so much stick for that. Oh, there's something about them. I've never heard a worse 
choice all my time (laughs) it started so well and the decline the rapid decline i thought this was going to be the first answer to unite dapo and i um and you were so close with the Doritos yeah. to the heat wave and then said Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> I don't think I've heard anyone answer the question, what's your favourite crisp flavour with Worcestershire sauce before? If I, if Do they I even still them, make it? It's very hard to find. It's, it's, <laughs> only in, it's only in certain corner shops and it's always the dodgy ones that still sell menthol cigarettes. But, um, it, it, I'd say Doritos chill you, very solid. And I'd probably put smoky bacon as my second choice behind what's the sauce which again is maybe a bit rogue but maybe a bit more understandable yeah i, I can i can hear smoky bacon more they kind of have similarities with the worcester sauce because mm. that's kind of a smoky flavor in itself mm. uh, is it just like craving cigarettes in crisp form it's something so rich about it it's something so rich and beautiful <laughs> and it just it just hits like no other it's like no other that's, that should be an advert for uh, like Nicorette, just smoking bacon, Chris. It just hits like no other. <laughs> it's a healthier alternative, I tell you what. <laughs> just about. <laughs> edges it, edges it. We've learned a little bit about you there, Robbie. Um, mainly that Not you all good. Not terrible all good taste. Yeah, honestly, it was really going so well. This is our first meeting. I was like, yeah, we, we're going to get on. And then once the sauce came out, I was like, well... That's it then. <laughs> uh, at least it's only an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about your vinyl resting place choice. So if you could let us know what your vinyl resting place album is and uh, the reasons behind why you chose it. Perfect. Um so essentially, um, it was a bit of a rogue shout. I because when Barney messaged me saying, "Could you send me an album that means a lot to you?" I have a lot of classics that I like to think about, and I've uh, obviously the obvious ones I used to listen to all the time. Like I think like, I said, Jimi Hendrix is my favorite artist, or something like that. But I decided to go with "Swimming" by Mac Miller because that's more something that has, I'd say, been more impactful in my recent years at uni. Um, and as an artist, I've grown to really appreciate him. And I think there's a lot of great, great stuff he's produced. Uh, a lot of bad stuff, but I feel like you find that with any artist. But I think Swimming is probably my favourite album from him. There's a there's a lot going on there. I definitely agree. And I, I just wanted to kind of uh, dig deeper a little bit into why you maybe feel it was more impactful than some of the albums that are like your favourites. Um, so what I, my opinion on like what I would constitute making an album really really special to me is trying things so i think london calling by the clash remains one of my favorite albums of all times because there's so much musical experimentation here and i think with swimming i think mac miller had genuinely a lot of fun like and don't get me wrong there's so many sad and gorgeous songs on it but it's so different to like if you compare it to his first album kids and then you play the album swimming you're like this is a completely different bloke. This is yeah. not the same man I'm listening to. And you go from this guy who who makes standard hip-hop, he's talking about getting high all the time, and then he touches on some really serious subjects in swimming and touches on, he uses some really nice different types of music, like you've got cellos, you've got brass, you've got loads of lead vocals, and it, it's a really gorgeous album. I've, I've got, I, I just really love it. I haven't got a fault to pick in it. Mm. You said yourself, like, you've, are quite a musical boy like i know you play some great guitar you've got a great singing voice 
Do you find like that's any... generous? That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed it many times in the past. Do you um, find any kind of inspiration from Mac Miller in that? Because I know you have quite a different, you know, your guitar and singing style isn't exactly the same as Mac Miller. So where I personally would draw inspiration from Mac Miller is less from say perhaps how his music sounds or what is what kind of music he produces. It's the fact that his music aligns so perfectly with his personality. And I think that when an artist personifies themselves in their, their work, it's really like it's really gorgeous thing to watch. Like it's like it's really I know this is such an odd comparison, but it just popped into my head. It's like Eric Clapton produced some great music, but he's an absolute wanker. He makes really <laughs> beautiful music, but he's such a horrible person. And I'm like, how can this man serenade me to sleep, but then have all these horrible opinions on certain things? And I just think Matt Miller really comes from a soul in a lot of his music. He says it as he believes it. And you can only really respect it for what it is. Like, even if you don't agree with what he's saying about, like, say, certain drug usage or his own mental health problems or whatever, you can at least appreciate the fact that I can tell this man is genuinely trying to convey something. I think it's a, uh, a really nice and, like, different way to look at music. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, I really resonate with the lyrics, but to hear, like, you resonate with an artist's method of performance and how they work in themselves is a really cool and unique way to go about enjoying music mm. in the first place. I really rate that. I think that's... Yeah, I think part of the fun, personally, for me, when it comes to music, is attaching yourself to the person behind it. Um, because once you start to isolate the music alone, you desensitize it and it becomes something that maybe means a little bit less and it's fine to not you know think you can't just enjoy a song you don't have to look into the deeper meanings of everything all the time but when you really want to listen to someone you really want to enjoy them it means so much more when you know that that's what they're like and you know that their work is reflecting what they're like i think something that highlights this um for mac miller personally or particularly we've recorded what four episodes we've got like maybe three more lined up and you are the fourth person to pick a mac miller album as their like Ooh. choice um i think there is a an element there of the he's such a genuine person and it comes across in his music mm. so clearly that for someone who's a fan of him it's really hard not to just like him yeah. and, and resonate with what he's saying and, and, and whether you agree with it or not you you feel like it's a very true representation of what he thinks and who he is which is which is great to see and i think it's a a larger version of like going to see music live and watching someone having fun on stage like it always yeah yeah makes the crowd feel better when you the performer is uh like just having a good time and really getting into the music and whatnot that, that, that's mac miller but across his stage shows across his albums across his mixtapes like he just puts himself out there and people really pick it up and, and enjoy it um and he's i wouldn't say unique because i think there are other artists that could do that and do do that but i think he's one of the few artists of maybe his genre and his generation who actually captured the imaginations in such a way with his personality yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think what's so beautiful about it is like it's, it's especially what you said that like it reflects the personality so much. But um, I think there still remains a problem with Matt Miller in the sense that I think what you said is right. Like he's not necessarily the best at what he does in his genre or whatever. 
And I think that the one criticism I have of Matt Miller is people do tend to romanticise him because of his tragi- the tragedy of his life. And I think there becomes a time when you have to disassociate from... Like I know I said you've got to resonate, but you can't start thinking of it like, oh, he's passed on now, so that makes his music better. You've just got to keep thinking of... Keep it in the moment, if that makes sense. Like, when he made this album, think of Mac Miller in that moment of how he was then and there. Like, I don't like this idea of looking back on it now that he's deceased or whatever and being like, oh, this is the best artist of all, his generation or whatever. It's not. He's just... He's just a man who's obviously very clearly very happy to write music like, and just make some really beautiful tunes. And it's just, it's it's uh, I, the reason I picked it. It it sounds so odd because, like I said, it's it's my favorite Matt Miller album. Matt Miller is one of my favorite artists, and I can openly say he's not one of the best rappers out there by any means. But he's someone who's so pure and so genuine that you can't help but appreciate it, regardless of if you like what's going you're hearing. I think I might be in the camp of people who do romanticise him a little bit. Uh, as you were speaking, I was like, mm, "Sounds like me." <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're you are like spot on with that idea. You can only judge him off the music that he's made. I think for me, um, and, and like a few of the people that I, I have spoken to this about, um, there was the potential. Like when he started making music like swimming so i think from the divine feminine onwards and you could see it with like this different mature music you were like this guy could go like stratospheric mm. he, he he his potential to create beautiful songs and uh unreal like pieces of work in terms of albums like the ceiling was just so high mm. i think that for me was where like the romanticization started coming in because i look at even the posthumous album um circles i was like he wasn't even alive when half of this was finished like imagine how good this could have been if he was there to complete it um but again i agree he's not he's not one of the most like technically talented rappers he's not one of the like he's definitely not one of the best singers or vocalists like and we we don't know whether it could have been true but at the time of his uh unfortunate passing it wasn't. I think that's the biggest tragedy of Matt Miller is like, yeah, because of what he's produced isn't, as we, as we've said, the best of all time or the best of whatever, but the glass ceiling was so high. Like, you can't, I think, as far as artists go, like, you might get a bad album here and there, but with Matt Miller, you see such a fantastic evolution as you go on. It's like when you said the Divine Feminine with, like, he's starting to, like, link up with CeeLo Green and uh, Ariana Grande and he's starting to take his music a lot more serious. When in the early days he was he was working like Flying Lotus and stuff, these proper like dirty <laughs> rappers like, and there's nothing wrong with being in that dirty like rap scene, but to see your music evolve into something maybe more soulful or a bit more profound is something really gorgeous to watch unfold, and um, it's really sad that we never got to see what more he could have done because obviously he, was, he only died when he was I think it was twenty twenty eight or twenty six, because I know he missed out on the twenty seven club, but um, he was. It was a, it's a real shame because this is the album where he got it spot on with his experimentation yeah. or in his evolution. I couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, I kind of one of the things about starting this podcast, I thought, great, I'm going to learn about such an incredible variety of music. But what's actually happened is that I've learned about Mac Miller like four separate times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, um, from going from someone who, you know, had heard the name and 
maybe put on a couple of songs when I heard he passed away because everyone was so sad and that apparently he was so great. Uh, I've now listened to, I think, at least half of his discography at this point, uh, several times over. And, um, yeah, I'm absolutely full of admiration for him. And you're right, like, the albums, in my opinion, did get better as they went on. And in terms of comparisons, like, I was sad when David Bowie died. He's always been one of my favourite artists. But, like, looking back, in my opinion, his best three albums, Punky Tory, Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane, all came out, like, back in the 70s. So it wasn't like he was just peaking now in, like, you know, year 70, whatever it was of his career. Like, even as someone who would have classified himself as, like, a very big Bowie fan, like, I don't think I've listened to, you know, The Next Day or Black Star, his last two big albums, more than a couple times each. Uh, and I probably won't revisit them that much more, to be honest, because I just think he peaked beforehand, whereas he was kind of just getting to, like, his true like self he really found himself in his music he was really knowing what he was doing and i think he could have given us like two or three incredibly great albums after these yeah. ones that we've already had yeah i just think it is a big sign of um like how important he was uh, i mentioned it in in uh the chat i had with barney because that was the first thing we ever recorded it may never come out because <laughs> the quality we, <laughs> the quality might be dreadful stop it <laughs> he was one of those one of those artists that just seemed to mean a lot to people like even people who uh, weren't necessarily the hugest fans of the, his music they were a really big like supporter of him uh i just think it's a really interesting take and i, I touching back on what um barney was saying about kind of sadness i think that's why there's such a uh, weight placed on the like 27 club the idea of it is is that yeah death is sad but it's like the world has been robbed of just incredible art when you think of how you're like we're what 20 23 22 that's four or five years away from now think of how much we've still got left to do in our lives yeah i'm, I'm not saying i'm mac miller oh, speak, but... for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> I'm sure you are, Robbie, mate. You've got the name for it. Well. You're, you're, you're set. <laughs> oh, it's, like a, it's like a phishing but, scheme every time, just sending out emails. Someone will send me money eventually. Um, the ultimate goal continue. is for you to, is for the other Robbie Williams to get jokes that he's not you. I just That's want him to acknowledge me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to do the same situation because I remember that that was that that picture of that girl who took a Danny DeVito cut out to prom, and then Danny DeVito did a cut out of her. I'd really like Robbie Williams to have a cutout of me in his room and just be like, it'd just be perfect, you know, like it'd be quite idyllic, maybe beautiful. But I feel like we're detracting from the, we were told we were on a really serious topic of the 27 Club and the, the, the lack of, the loss of some really great musical geniuses yeah. and suddenly we're on Danny DeVille. <laughs> He's a genius in his own right though. <laughs> I've just got up at the Wikipedia for the 27 Club because I was interested in like how many kind of members would be in it and there's an insane amount some of the big names here like Jimi hendrix amy winehouse kurt cobain and i'm like still in the top third of the list i didn't realize how much of a huge yeah. thing it was mm. and it doesn't even it's not even just music there's like basquiat like there's artists there's different playwrights it it's just i mean it's a weird coincidence don't get me wrong and i feel like you're kind of detracting away from people who died when they're like 28 or 29 like losing anyone at that age is obviously tragic but when you think of the impact just those names that you mentioned like amy winehouse or kurt cobain like 
how much impact they had on millions of people at that age like and how much impact they could still be having now is quite like heartbreaking almost just thinking like what could have been and and that's i feel like with mac miller why i sit in that sort of put him on a pedestal camp where i'm just like oh man he could have been sick like yeah. obviously he was incredible but i think a 35 year old mac miller would have just dropped the most unreal album and and i would have lost my mind I don't know if you've um, you guys have seen the uh, tiny desk of Mac Miller. Um, I feel like it's a very obviously. I think most people have. It's a pretty famous one. And uh, what I love about that most is you can see that like he's such. I don't know, man. He loves the music, and I remember there's like uh, I think Thundercat is with him as well in in the yeah. video. He really doesn't enjoy being around the crowd. You can tell that man is such an introvert. But as soon as the music starts playing, you can just see him suddenly just switch. He's in a floor and he's just feeling himself. And you can tell that, like, this is an individual who, like, lives and breathes music. And you can tell, like, at the beginning, especially because he started making music when he was in high school, maybe it was just, like... Because I think, I don't get me wrong, I think Kids, his debut album, is a fan, as, as debut albums go, really good. But I think it's yeah. a bit gimmicky in the sense that... It takes a lot of cliches. It's it's not a bad album by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just very generic. It it yeah. ticks the right boxes, but you can tell that as he's progressed and he's gone through this evolution, you can tell he started to love his music more. It's no longer about like it like shouting ad libs, saying like "fuck you, bitch." I make loads of money. I get high all the time. It's about making a connection with his audience, and it's about making a connection with the music itself and. It's really nice to see, especially considering when... I don't know if you've already seen any of the videos when he was way, way younger, when he was still just a teenager. He was such a different person, and it's so crazy to see how his musical evolution has matched his personality evolution as well. It's it's unbelievable. And I think they both kind of fed into each other. Like, as he became more confident, he was more willing to, like, expand his musical experimentation and his, Mm. like... he, he, He wanted to make his music more of a statement but then equally making all these kind of experimental but just kind of albums with more of a thought process making more kind of interesting music made him more of a confident person as well I think I mean I'm this is purely conjecture like I've never met the guy but um it's like I was gonna say if you had turned around then when I had met Matt Miller I was about to be oof, sweet. <laughs> oh no I, <laughs> I imagine um I just I think you could see that as he was producing maybe things that could have been flops and then that actually people really bought into he was becoming more like self-confident and 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 happy with what he's putting out even like from earlier stuff like Faces for example or um, watching movies with the sound off they were definitely like an in-between between between the music he was making when he died and the music he made from the debut and it those albums could have been hit or miss or those mixtapes could have been hit or miss. People could have just been like, nah, this is too far out there. This is weird. And then it probably wouldn't have given him the confidence to start making musical albums in terms of Divine Feminine, Swimming Circles, what have you. I think you're you're absolutely spot on. I think you're absolutely spot on. Like, and um, I think it's really interesting, especially when you brought up um, watching movies with sound off because there's so much... Oh, there's not a lot, I mean, there's like, say, a song like Aquarium, you're like, you could take that song out there and you could put that in swimming and you could see the early 
the early inklings of what yeah. he was trying to accomplish as a musician starting to make his way into his album slowly. I thought maybe he regressed a bit with um, Good AM because that was really more pop. There wasn't much soul. But that's not necessarily a musical regression. Like I feel like you've got to go back to your roots, maybe experiment and so forth. But I think he really found, maybe after that album, a definitive sound. Like, yeah, I feel like, because watching music soundtrack on, or soundtrack off, it's a great, great album in its own right. Good AM, again, I personally think pretty bog standard rap album. The self-titled album, they're pretty, pretty okay. And then you get the Divine Feminine and Swimming and you're just back to, back to where he was trying to accomplish. And you, it's yeah. just, it's just a, a really good step in the right direction. I, I think that a part of it comes, just got to make money. Like when you look at like Good AM and, and things like that, he's got like features like Miguel and, and people who were just super popular yeah. at the time. It's not the best album. It's not terrible, but hey, like he probably made some serious cash off it. So it, yeah. like, I, I can't, you can't really, obviously there's the element of being like pure to the art, mm. but sometimes. Mm. It does have Chief Keef on though. And that does, that does upset me. <laughs> yeah. It does upset yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> Because I, I, I just sit there and I listen to Swimming and I'm like, what a beautiful track. And click shuffle on Matt Miller and I'm like, I don't want Chief Keith coming in my ears. This is not what I asked for. Oh, I did not yeah. sign up for I this I kind of get that, to be fair. Like, um, I agree. That very, you know, wide tangent here. But it reminds me of uh, Martin Scorsese, who has always said, like, in terms of the films he releases, he does one for himself and then one for the public in order to get the next one for himself financed. So like his passion projects, like Silence, which was that one about, um, I don't think many people saw it, about like Christian monks in Japan. Like, no one wanted him to make that film, but he made The Wolf of Wall Street so he could get the money to make that film. Um, I think it's that kind of idea, like, you have to play the game even at this level of art in order to get the finance to get yeah. those record deals and like pursue the projects you really want to do. In terms, yeah... I wouldn't go, I, I think it would be personally unfair to say, of course, that he's completely financially driven in certain albums, but mm. you can tell that yeah. there is like, there are times where you think, okay, I do actually need to be in the charts though, like, at some <laughs> point, like, I do need to get some features and it's fine to experiment and have fun, but no one's going to be talking about me if I'm not like having these big features, like Chief Keef or <laughs> anyone else, um, but yeah, it's I I think after Good AM, it was all about making himself a name as someone as an actual artist rather than just Ariana Grande's boyfriend who raps. Very cool. In terms of the album, uh, clearly you have like an incredible knowledge of Mac Miller and a deep passion for this album, especially his later work. Would it be possible for you to pick a favourite track on the album? It shifts. It does shift a lot. Um, because usually if I'm going to listen to Swimming, I, I, I'd only listen to Swimming. I don't really listen to the songs individually. Because I think it's one of those albums that's just set up so well. And I think the structure of an album is really important. Like, I think it's something that also gets neglected in musical reviews a lot. Because if you're going to listen to an album, like say if you've got a record or a vinyl, You've got to think of the order of the songs and you've got to think of how this is going to progress as the audience is listening to it. And I think in Swimming, he's got it absolutely spot on. You start off with Come Back to Earth, 
and it's just sad, melancholic, but it's so gorgeous, and he's, he's really getting into it. And then two songs later, you're just hit with What's the Use, and you're just sat there, and you're bobbing <laughs> your head back and forth. And he's just, it's like he's toying with you. He's absolutely toying with you. I'd, I'd probably say it's probably the most mainstream one, but I'd probably go What's the Use just because the bass line is just fantastic, isn't it? It's just so funky. Mm. Um, but if I was going to say maybe the most beautiful song on there, You've got 2009, I'd say. 2009 with the, the opening with the uh, strings and, and then just the slow rap. It, it, it's a really gorgeous tune. But like I said, like there's so much on there. Like You've got Jet Fuel. Jet Fuel has no right being in swimming and it works. It works so well. <laughs> it's, so, it's such a heavy tune and it just catches you so off guard. And for some reason, this, this deserves to be on this album. And I, I couldn't tell you why. It's, it, it stands alone as a tune. I think those three would probably probably be my favorites but they, they shift a lot strong choices i'd say um barnes what, what is, what's your top song on the album uh well, i'm definitely still a little mac miller virgin at the group so i, I don't have the same in-depth <laughs> knowledge that you two definitely have but um a big thing like we're saying I, i'm a, a big fan i really subscribe to that theory that albums should be listened to as albums and not just you know you can't press shuffle on it and get the same experience it just doesn't work like that and I'm big into listening to albums over the own playlist that I make. And maybe that's just saying that I make shit playlists. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> but in terms of this album, I think Come Back to Earth really sets the tone in terms of the lyrics and the vibe. It's just a fantastic opening. I think it really does a great job of letting you know what the album's going to be like. While I was listening to the rest of the album for the first time, I just thought, ah, oh, that first song was so good. Like, and I kept thinking about that one again and again. So I'm going to have to say Come Back to Earth is my favourite. Fair enough. No, I, I agree with you. I think we've had the the chat a couple of times, probably on the podcast as well. Sorry for repeating it, but that first um, song or two is so important on an album. Um, it can make or break what what you think about an album, and obviously, come back to yeah. is so like emotive as well. I I hadn't listened to it for ages, and when we heard that we were doing swimming, I obviously listened. Th- to the album through a couple of times before recording first time i listened to it i I swear i could have cried i was just like this is beautiful this is an unreal bit of music but i think i would have to say 2009 is my top choice just because i i I just think it's so well made you can tell he's thought about every instrument he's thought about all the cadences he's thought about the he's thought about the melody the pauses he just it's just so well put together I found it interesting, obviously, um, Robbie, your introduction to Matt Miller was through the Tiny Death concert, wasn't it? I, funnily enough, it happened, I was seeing this girl, and um, she came over and she was like, um, we were like, we'll just listen to some music, like, it was a date kind of thing, and it was like, we'll just chill out, and she was like, okay, um, do you listen to a lot of Matt Miller? And I was like, uh, not really, like, the stuff I've heard is alright, I guess, and she was like... I'm going to put this tiny desk on, just let me put it on over the speaker. And I was like, I didn't even watch the video. And I was just like, you know what? Wow. Like, wow. I was like, as it was small worlds. What's the use? Uh, in 2009. Nine, yeah. And it just, all three of those songs are really perfect representations of where he ended as a musician. Like mm-hmm. to jump from small worlds, which is just a little bit upbeat, like very slow as well. Like, He's out. He's because again, we've spoken about he hasn't got the best singing voice, but the fact that he's giving it his best in that song is great. Yeah. 
then you jump to what's the use and you're just sat there and you've got thundercat with his massive guitar and you're you're just thinking it's just so funky and then you end on 2009 which again is like you said such a gorgeous song like and you've got the strings it's a fantastic representation of what mac miller is or had become as an artist Let's review this one. I mean, it's, I reckon it's going to be a pretty short review. <laughs> um, but do we reckon, as a group, the uh, uh, judge, jury, executioner for all albums that we are, that this album is a good album? No, I hear it. Yeah. I'll let Barney lead, because um, I, I uh, feel like... As the Mac Miller novice, I'd quite like to hear what he has to say about this one. Uh, I loved it. You know, kind of a, a unexciting take on it, to be honest, seeing as what you two are saying, <laughs> but uh, what I know you two are going to say. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad that I've you know found Mac Miller now, uh, albeit later than apparently most of the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> but I think he is a real talent. And I, I love albums like this that really, you know, like we're saying, a lot of rap can just be like, oh, fuck you, I'm going to rob the bank and fucking do a drug. Um, and this one goes a lot more beyond that. It's incredibly vulnerable, yet still had these uh, incredible melodies and beats. It reminded me of um, Koji Radical's Cashmere Tears and its use of like really beautiful um, backing instruments with brass and cellos, like you were saying earlier, Robbie. Uh yeah, I, I think that's a, a really stellar bit of listening, a really incredible bit of work. And um, I can totally understand why it's your vinyl resting place choice. After having listened to it, Barnes, and having listened to... Okay, you've listened to the Divine Feminine now. Mm-hmm. What is your preference out of the two? <sighs> asking me to pick Ooh. between my two children. Ooh. My two boys on the <laughs> Zoom have brought me <laughs> albums. You asked me to pick my favourite. I like that question. Um, <laughs> I, Who'd you love more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I'm really sorry, Devin, but I think I preferred swimming. Um, no, I think some of the some some of the tracks on the Divine Feminine really bopped. Um, when we talked about it, I think I, I can't forgotten the name of it, but the one that Ari Ana Grande features. My favorite part. My favourite part. My favourite part, I thought, was an incredible song. And I think out of all the albums, that's probably my favourite song from the two albums combined. I don't Mm. know why, but it's definitely not the the crowd favourite, but I love it. I think think it's because, personally, or maybe this is me getting the perception wrong, do let me know. But it's like, as we said before, like, when you know the person, you know the artist, it makes it so much better. And when you know that this is a couple who are clearly in love with each other, you can feel the chemistry in the song and you're like... It just resonates more, doesn't yeah. it? And that's the part that makes my favorite part, ironically, my favorite part. It's it's the there you go. It's just it's just you. Look, they they're really enjoying bouncing back and forth off each other, and you can tell these are two people who who know each other very well, intimately and musically. And it's great to see that reflected in the tunes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think yeah, that's my favorite part is my favorite song from the two albums, but my favorite album would be Swimming. Um. Dapo, what about you? What, what's your opinion on swimming? Does it deserve this top spot in Robbie's estimations? I think that swimming is probably a better album musically, but then it wasn't my vinyl resting place. Like it didn't have the same like emotional res- like impact on me 
um, as as divine feminine. But I won't give any spoilers away because uh, this isn't about me. Um, but I, I think this album is it's great, and um, it's nice to see like someone like Barney, who's never really been into him before, um, listen to him and and. and really kind of appreciate it from an outside point of view and I think for, for you as, as well Robbie like I my like experience of listening to Matt Miller is very different to yours I've been listening to him since I was like 10 so like I've I, I've kind of watched that that maturation but it's nice that you can have an artist that you can pick up and find at any point of time in your life and in their career and you're like actually their class this is sick um and i think swimming is a great album to be able to do that with and even more so that tiny desk i, I think um i'm not surprised that that two of the songs of the tiny desk are in your top three because that performance is probably my favorite episode of tiny desk um and probably the best representation of mac miller like in terms of performance wise that i've seen so um it's a quality album he's a quality artist and um couldn't agree more with the choice to be honest uh, uh it is definitely between divine feminine and swimming i think those are two very fair um albums to put as the top two yeah. and i think obviously a few people may disagree but um i think universally yeah. it's probably accredited that those two stand alone um yeah. i'd have to i feel like we already know what my review is going to be um <laughs> Swimming, I, I love it. Um, like I said, the personality reflects you fantastically. There's so much evolution as an artist. Um, the song choice, order, construction, like lyrics, all perfect. The experimentation is all spot on. I can't even really think of a song that even really falls short. Maybe Ladders, and that is really trying to be finicky. That is really me trying to be nitpicky, and that is it. Um... But overall, I think maybe I chose this one as well because um, swimming came to define my final uni year experience. It's one of those, when you pick up on a new artist and, you know, when you start to listen to them more and more for, like, a few months and they suddenly start, when you think back on your time at uni, that artist then becomes a part of your life. And I think maybe that maybe that's why I enjoy swimming so much because I was, like, in third year, it was really a big part of where I went musically, what I listened to musically, and it opened up so many doors. It's like, I tell Barney all the time, like, we haven't gotten to the guilty pleasures yet, but my favourite band is Oasis, and I know they're not the most musically gifted <laughs> band, and I know they're cringy and horrible to a lot of people, and I completely understand that. But it's one of those bands that opened so many doors for me musically, as in... When you find the band that does that for you, like Matt Miller did it for me with rap and hip hop and even funk to an extent, like I'd never heard of Thundercat. I didn't listen to CeeLo Green until I started like looking at Matt Miller. Like it's those artists that really open the doors for your, um, your expansion that really are always held in high regard. And Matt Miller swimming is exactly what that was for me. obviously you are someone who knows a lot about music i want to see kind of what do you not want to hear what do you not want people to know you're listening to guilty pleasures okay right so i feel like as a as a bloke i went through this phase of hating indie music and stuff because i was like oh that's horrible what a, 
what a horrible musical it is. Uh, it's, it's so cringy or whatever. I feel like everyone. I feel very attacked, but that's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. No, I mean I've got I've got nothing against it anymore. But I went through that phase for ages, and I expressed that opinion so vicariously. I was like, I was telling everyone how much I hate indie and how much I was like, oh, it makes me sick to my stomach. And <laughs> but unfortunately, I've been listening to a lot of Vance Joy recently. I have and. I, oh, bro. I, <laughs> he's not even indie he's more songwriter but i hear sometimes i'm getting a bit more confident with listening to him and my housemate don who barney also knows has called me out and he was like were you listening to riptide in the shower and singing along and i was like yes i was <laughs> um but yeah um objectively not the best music but i like him he makes me smile. Yeah, there's, uh, I'm surprised to hear that it's Vance Joy. I mean, it's perfect for the guilty list. It's something <laughs> I'll definitely... If you gave me a list of a thousand artists and one of them is Vance Joy, and I had to order them in terms of your preference towards them, Vance Joy would be the last <laughs> artist. I don't care what the other ones are. Um, I didn't even realise he had other songs apart from Riptide. Mate, trust me. There's a few. You've got Georgia, which is a great song. Uh, I'm not actually. I'm going to stop talking before I start. I, I I came in here. With, I felt. I felt by the end of it, I was like, I've, I've gained a little bit of a reputation. Maybe people will look at me as someone who knows. Your street music. creds out the window. And now, now and now, I'm sat here naming Vance Joy songs. Like, yeah, it's a real low point now. I think we we're yet to see someone who's actually so physically offended by their by their uh, guilty pleasure choice. It, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. If my dad could see me, if my dad could see me listening to him, he would be he would be disowning me without a doubt. Because my my father's an old punk, like he was part of the original punk scene, and if he knows I'm listening to Riptide, he is. <laughs> Ooh. Is Vance Joy not punk? Does he not is, quite make it? I don't think Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten would get on with Vance Joy very much. No. Um. <laughs> I will say that I think um, uh, Riptide came out when I was in. I don't know, but how old were we then? When did Riptide come out? But at the time, I remember thinking, like, this is it. This is an absolute. Ben, you know why? It's because um, you were 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it much since. But I don't know, maybe there's that nostalgia element. I'm trying to help you out, but uh, <laughs> I think this song does have its merits at least. Uh, you don't have to lie. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to hear some other guilty pleasures. I mean, I've just embarrassed myself to the masses. Please, please entertain me as well. Offer me no. something. <laughs> Damn it. I thought I could get something out of you. That's but not our schedule. Unfortunately, unfortunately I, do. I don't run the podcast, so I can't, I can't make the rules. <laughs> What we'll do is we will let you redeem yourself just a tad by giving us some recommendations of what could have been your vinyl rest in place album. So like anything that you think okay. is either a quality album or has an important place to you. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm surprised when I asked you to do this. I obviously you know, I told you about it and I thought oh, we should get Robbie on because you do have this incredibly deep music knowledge. And like you said earlier you have this huge love of Oasis. And I was so confident it was going to be an Oasis song that made the vinyl resting place cut. And I am um, I was just curious why it wasn't in the end. Um, well, my love for Oasis is, um, it's like, that is the band that made music for me. It's and like when people criticise me for liking Oasis or they criticise Oasis as a band, I'm like, you know what? That's a fair opinion. It's fair criticism. Like, 
they play about four chords and they play the pentatonic scale very simply and they stick to basics and I mean bare basics and it works and and there's nothing wrong with it working and there's nothing wrong with Oasis and I, I love them so much but more so because of what they gave me musically is like they they allowed me to go out there and experience like Britpop and stuff and that's where I began and if if Oasis has led me to Mac Miller, so be it. What like, so be it. That's 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 the route we've gone, and I'm happy with that. If I'm gonna say my um albums, I was thinking, um, I was gonna go. I had three in mind before swimming. Uh, swimming was a more of a spur of the moment thing. Um, there was um London Calling by The Clash. Very fair. Yeah, great album. Which is just one of my favourite albums of all time. Against in the similar vein of Fort of Swimming, everything is constructed perfectly. So much experimentation. It shifts away from what you define as classic punk or angry punk. It tries so much about it, but it just captures the essence of what the punk scene in the eighties was. And funnily enough, a little fact: it won the best album of the nineteen eighties for the decade, and it was released in nineteen seventy nine. That's how good the album was. <laughs> um and again i was gonna go with one i recommended to barney i assume you follow barney's instagram dap and you get to see the reviews i do yeah uh so i recommended this uh floor state by tash sultana which is a a really really lovely album um a very different vibe to the two i've just spoken about there but again very experimental very different and it's one of those ones where you give it to someone you're like if this isn't your cup of tea, that's pretty reasonable. This is something that is not for everyone, but for the people it is for, it just lands perfectly. And I and I'm I really appreciated the Barney enjoyed it because it's just again someone having fun with music and having a really enjoyable time. It was one of the first albums I reviewed that was like, you know, a bit more interesting than everything else I'd listened to. You know, that's why I wanted to accomplish with this album listening thing was just to find some stuff that wasn't generic and was really experimenting and trying new things and was people having a good time with music and it definitely fitted all those quotas so thank you for the recommendation and i'll pop the um the clash on there too actually i need to get around to that and finally i think barney will especially appreciate this um my final choice i was going to choose it just because i've rediscovered it recently as a nostalgia merchant that i am it was a uh, jeff wayne's war of the worlds the musical oh, yes album. boy and that <laughs> what an album that that is that is genuinely that's an experience that's not like you don't sit down and listen to that you don't want to walk and listen to that you sit you lie in bed and you put that on and you're sitting there for an hour and a half and you're not doing anything that is what it is incredible i love that album so much so, I, that was in a way my first musical and it is just and it is probably bang. one it of the best incredible. ever it's probably one of the best ever i would honestly agree with you yeah i think it's if you have it's it's kind of a it's it's so hard to describe it's a narrative i've listened uh, to story have you oh yeah. brilliant yeah it's everyone everyone's dad has listened to it with them at some point every it's definitely <laughs> something that a father has um played in the background at some point <laughs> i remember going on car trips and having it on the background oh but, of um, course yeah it's based on hg wells's war of the worlds yeah uh but with just like sick bass riffs <laughs> really weird distorted guitars um yeah it's just an incredible album if, if people are listening and haven't heard it like robbie's saying set aside an hour and a half do nothing else and put this on 
don't yeah. listen to it on your walk because you'll shit your pants. But um, <laughs> yeah, so worth the listen. It, it, it becomes such a, and what I love about it so much is the fact that it came in the time where the synth and the synthesizer was just becoming into mainstream music. And Jeff Wayne has just abused it. He is absolutely, it is synth galore. But the fact that he's doing it to produce these alien sounds or like product, producer, there's some, there's something about an alien screech being used by a synthesizer, which sounds so horrible to describe. And yet when you're listening to it, you get actual chills. And then it just builds up with a narrative straight away. It gets straight back into the book. And the next thing you know, someone singing about forever autumn and there's a few little plucks of a guitar and there's just it's an experience it's an experience that and i i i think everybody and i mean everybody should put time aside for this album as in it's just fantastic very very solid shout um robbie i think that just that brings us to the end let me say you have been a really wonderful guest so knowledgeable about music mate i'm so glad we had you on it's been a, it's been a real pleasure boys thanks so much for really coming appreciate on appreciate it man. and uh no worries yeah to all of our listeners thank you so much for tuning in again and we'll see you next week to discover more vinyl resting places thanks very much Cheers. I, really I think like that's that. it's a really sorry no that'd be good no about that we do this <laughs> a lot <laughs> <laughs> We're like an old married couple um <laughs>